Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Lady Esther Screen Guild play tonight, The Devil and Miss Jones. The starring players... This is Van Johnson. This is Donna Reed. This is Guy Kebby. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in that delightful RKO story about the richest man in the world, the devil and Miss Jones. Guy Kibbe plays the rich man, J.P. Merrick. Donna Reed plays Miss Jones. And Van Johnson plays her boyfriend, Joe O'Brien. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players in The Devil and Miss Jones. <laughs> As the richest man in the world, J.P. Merrick had almost forgotten he owned the Neely department store until the day the store's unhappy employees hung him in effigy. The next day, the store had a new employee. The personnel manager's confidential files described the new employee as Thomas Higgins, a private detective hired by the Merrick Enterprises. But when Higgins reached his home after his first day in the store, his butler greeted him with... Uh, Good evening, Mr. Merrick. Good evening, George. Did anyone at the store suspect who you are, Mr. Merrick? No one. The personnel manager thinks I'm a detective. And the rest of the employees regard me as an old pauper. Can you imagine that, George? Me, a pauper? Well, congratulations, sir. Boy or girl. <laughs> You've been listening to Abbott and Costello again. Where was I? Uh, you just become a pauper, sir. Oh, yes. In fact, one of my new associates, a Miss Mary Jones, was so certain I was impoverished that she forced me to share her lunch. We had tuna fish popovers. Tuna fish popovers? Yes, tuna fish popovers. And if I'm not sick tonight or tomorrow at the latest, my fancy Dr. Schindler from Vienna will wish he was back in Vienna. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, did, you, uh, did you make any progress in uncovering the miscreant, sir? Well, I learned who hung that dummy of me outside the store. Well, that's wonderful, sir. Who was it? A youngster named Joe O'Brien. He was discharged and barred from the store a week ago. But he has accomplices who are still working there. Uh, do you know who they are, sir? Mm, some of them. Miss Jones, the girl who shared her lunch with me, is the most active. I hope you had a discharge today, sir. Well, I didn't. There's nothing vicious about Miss Jones. She just lets her heart run away with her head. Unfortunately, she's in love with Joe O'Brien. Perhaps you could persuade her to forget him, sir. Uh, perhaps. At any rate, I'll try when we go to Coney Island tomorrow. You're going to Coney Island, sir? Mm -hmm. By getting friendly with him, I learn the names of every malcontent in the store. Besides, I haven't stood up in a roller coaster for years. Yes, sir. Should I lay out your bathing suit, sir? No, no, no. It's a little shabby. The last time I wore it, I noticed that it had a hole in the knee.
Do you have the key to the bathhouse locker, Mr. O'Brien? Yeah, and for the fifth time, Pop, will you stop calling me Mr. O'Brien? My name's Joe. I'll call you Joe if you'll stop calling me Pop. My name is uh, Higgins, Thomas Higgins. Okay, Pop. Ready to go for a swim? No, thank you. I think I'll go over and talk with Miss Jones. I'll walk over with you. Hey, Mary. Yes, Joe? I'm going for a swim. Well, remember, nobody's going to be watching you, so don't show off and swim way out. Okay, baby. Save me something to eat. Be careful. <sighs> don't worry, Miss Jones. Nothing will happen to Joe. He's a pretty good swimmer. <laughs> He's pretty good at everything. You couldn't be... Um... <laughs> you couldn't be prejudiced. Maybe. Isn't it possible you're reading virtues into him that don't exist? Don't you like Joe? Well, that depends upon how much you're in love with him. I don't think you're any judge. Who's a better one? Any outsider. Me, for instance. Look, there's a couple over there. He's biting her ear. Now she's biting his ear. <laughs> they think they were made for each other. <laughs> I think they were, too. Do you think that she, if she hadn't met him, there wouldn't be someone else biting her ear now? Do you think he wouldn't be at some other girl's ear? Probably ten feet away? Maybe, but it doesn't prove anything. Scientists can write all the books they like about love being a trap of nature. But all the scientists are going to convince are other scientists, not women in love. Oh, I don't say Joe's the greatest thing that ever lived. <laughs> and I'm certainly not the greatest girl in the world. It's just, well, two people look at each other and they see something way deep inside that no one else can. And that's it. If they feel it, they feel it. Do you? Well, not in the way I see in movies or, or hear in songs. You know, the touch of your hand, you set me on fire. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm not the combustible type. But yet, if I knew I'd never see Joe again... Yes? Well, I've never even thought of what it would be like not to see him anymore. But if I thought I'd never see Joe again, I don't think I'd care if I lived or died. I see. But what about Joe's, uh, radicalism? Joe isn't radical, Mr. Higgins. Not radical? Well, what do you call his hanging that dummy of me, uh, of J.P. Merrick? Uh... He was just trying to draw attention to the way the employees were treated at the store. Why, J.P. Merrick probably doesn't even remember that he owns Neely's department store. He's the richest man in the world, you know. Really? Oh, you ought to see his house sometime. Have you been to his house? Oh, no. But Joe's walked me past there. We thought we'd talk with Mr. Merrick, but... Somehow we always lost our nerve. Everybody says he's such a devil. I see. Well, I think I'll go for a walk until it's time to eat. Maybe I can think up a way for us to get in to see Mr. Mary. Don't you think you'd better get out of that bathing suit and into your clothes before you go wandering around? Mm, there's plenty of time. Anyway, Joe has the key to our clothes locker. Well, don't wander away and get lost in the crowd. <laughs> Sergeant, this man claims he was lost. Well, I am. Said he couldn't find his bathhouse, was trying to sell his valuable watch for a dollar so he could call his chauffeur. <laughs> I thought that was suspicious, so I picked him up. Suspicious enough for me. I would advise you two simple guardians of law and order for the sake of your own future and security to be very careful of any decision you make concerning me. Will you say that again? Tom, Tom Higgins, we've been looking everywhere for you. Joe's gone to the hospital. What happened to you? I got lost. Him, officer. It's all right, miss. You can call your chauffeur on this phone, pup. Chauffeur? What chauffeur? Yes, uh, what chauffeur? The chauffeur you were trying to raise money to call. I don't know what you're talking about. Let me smell your breath. I never touch a drop. Oh, a cork sniffer. 
you must be mistaking him for someone else. He's very poor. Say, what do you two do for a living? We work, of course. Where? Don't mention the store, Tom. We get fired. Where do you work? Why, uh, we work at the automat. What do you do? I'm in charge of the blueberry pies. I, I put them in the little boxes. What do you do, young woman? I help him. I snap the boxes shut. Say, can, uh, my feet hurt. Can't we be seated while we continue this? Yes, you ought to be ashamed of yourself, Sergeant. How would you like it if someone treated your father like this? Is he your father? Yes. Girlie, I catch you two in more lies. If he's your father, why'd you call him Tom when you come in? Well, I, I always call him Tom. Come here. I'm going to ask you a question and you whisper the answer or I'll throw you both in jail. Where were you born? Whisper. 125th Street. Okay. If this woman's your daughter, Pop, tell me, what street was she born on? 72nd Street. <laughs> well, for such close relations, your stories are a long distance apart. Your daughter says she was born on 125th Street, and you, her father, claim she was born on 72nd Street. Uh, well, uh, we were living on 72nd Street, uh, but she was actually born on 125th Street. And why was she born on 125th Street? There's no hospital there. I didn't say there was. Uh, uh, her, her mother was standing in line at the butcher shop. <laughs> hey, what are you trying to give me? There was no meat shortage 21 years ago. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, well, her mother was ahead of her time. <laughs> that does it. You're the two who've been selling hot goods around here, all right. Hey, Mary. Joe. I'm warning you, girlie, anything you say may be used against you. What's happened? Oh, you go on home, Joe. Tom and I will meet you there later. Quiet, you. Hey, how about using a more civil tone, officer? Who, me? Yes, you. Have they charged you with any crime, Tom? No. Then you don't have to stay here. Go on out. You stay right here. You've no right to keep anyone here without a charge preferred against them. Well, I can fix that. I doubt if you've got the brains enough to think one up. Well, we'll, we'll hold him for violating the city ordinance forbidding wearing a bathing suit on the boardwalk. How do you like that for a charge? If that's a charge, I'm Van Johnson. <laughs> Joe, keep quiet. Don't worry, Mr. Higgins. He can't shut me up with threats. Oh, no? Officer, did this man come along peacefully, or did he pull back? He made quite a protest, sir. He did. Okay. Resisting an officer. Would you like to see another charge, Sonny? I'd like it fine. You'd like it fine? Trespassing. Suits me. Soliciting fun. Keep on. Meddling without a license. Oh, you're not frightening me. Well, stop. He's frightening me. <laughs> and we'll throw in a little case of vagrancy. How does that suit you? Just dandy. Uh, uh, vagrant? Me? I haven't started on you yet. Joe, what do you think you're accomplishing? I'm giving him enough rope to hang himself. You're giving me enough rope. Joe, are you an idiot? You're, you're talking me into jail for the rest of your life. Who do you think this man is? A servant of the people, that's all. And a darn poor one. He works for me. I don't work for him. Well, how do you like that? Let him put me in jail. He's not putting you in jail. It's me, you fool. Well, let's let him put us both in jail. I'll holler my head off. This is a free country. Hey, are you crazy? Who isn't? This just happens to be my own kind of patriotism. And you can't scare me with your small-time Gestapo. I don't care how small the right is you try to take away. I'll fight for it. The Boston Tea Party was started over one penny. This is big enough for me. Now, go ahead. Put me in jail. Don't you tell me what to do. I'm running this place. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility... Huh? 
Well, don't look so startled, Sergeant. In case you didn't recognize it, that's the beginning of our Constitution. I'll recite it for you. Where was I? Oh, yes, yes. Ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, and secure the blessing That's of the way Joe is, Tom. If he's right, he won't give in to anybody. He's wonderful, isn't he? He isn't very practical. No, he isn't. Maybe I'll have a few words. But he's wonderful. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary... Sergeant, I don't like this. Me either. When they start reciting the Constitution, look out. Oh, what can one fellow like him do? It's not him. It gets in the papers. Those civil liberty fellows send a big lawyer down and what happens in court looks like a murder trial. For a little thing like that? The way they mix it up, it winds up Abraham Lincoln's trial. Lincoln? Yeah, the last trial took two weeks. Two weeks? My vacation starts Wednesday. You'll spend it listening to Abraham Lincoln in a nice hot courtroom. The wife had skinned me alive. Hey, you, quiet! I'm going to suspend charges on all of you. Now get out of here. Oh, no, you're not getting off that easy. I'm not getting off. We don't want any suspended charges hanging over our heads. We want the charges dropped. And we want an apology. All right, all right, they're dropped. And I apologize. Now get out. Thank you. And as for you, officer... Who, me? Yes, you. The next time you bring in a thing like that, I'll throw you right in the ocean. But, Sergeant, you know I can't swim. That's what I mean. As far as I'm concerned, you sink. Just a minute, Sergeant. You can't talk to an officer of the law in that manner. Oh, I can't, can I? Get out of here, you busybody. I won't move a step until you apologize to that officer. Well, then make arrangements to have your meals brought in because I'll never apologize to him. Oh, you won't? No! All right, you ask for it. We, the people of the United States, and all of Stop it! Stop it! I give up. Officer, I apologize. No, that's better. Come on, Mary. I'll take Tom and get him dressed. It's time we start at home. It sounds as though you had quite an exciting day at Coney Island, Mr. Merrick. Yes, George. That fool sergeant almost exposed me when he offered me the phone to call the chauffeur. Uh, but the others, Miss Jones and O'Brien, didn't catch on? No, they were too excited about my being arrested. In fact, Joe O'Brien didn't even notice when he dropped this paper. Well, what is it, sir? An important paper? Very important, George. It's a list of 400 names. The names of all the employees who participated in hanging that dummy of me outside the store. The second act of the Lady Esther Screen Guild play will follow in a moment. Now, a word from Lady Esther. How many times have you heard or said... She has skin like a baby, so smooth and young-looking. Now, I want to tell you something important about skin that can win such compliments. If you want skin like that, skin like a baby's, you must baby your skin. I learned this from some of America's outstanding skin specialists who say that the skin of your face is the most delicate of your entire body. Rubbing can make it look older than it should. Rubbing this delicate skin, even to apply face cream, can stretch it can break down the delicate underskin structure. Rubbing can start wrinkles on the way. That's why you need a cream that needs no rubbing. When you use Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream, you do not rub as with other creams. Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream is so soft, you just smooth it on gently, then wipe it off. That's all. The cream does the work, not your fingers. Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream thoroughly cleans your skin softens your skin, 
helps nature refine the pores and leaves a lovely smooth base for powder, all without rubbing or massaging. Rubbing can make your face look older instead of younger. Now, if you have skin that is especially dry, Lady Esther Face Cream contains one of the most beautifying ingredients known to modern science. Even one application makes your skin look and feel softer and smoother. Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream asks no help from any other cream. And I promise you will see and feel results after even one application of Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream. Lady Esther presents the second act of The Devil and Miss Jones, starring Van Johnson, Donna Reed, and Guy Kibbe. While J.P. Merrick is telling his butler about coming into possession of the list of 400 employees who participated in hanging him in effigy, in another section of town... Mary Jones and Joe O'Brien are having a serious discussion. Now that that Neely department store has blacklisted me, Mary, I, I can't get a job in New York. So I don't think I'd better see you anymore for a while. What do you mean? I can't take up your time anymore. Is that what you call our relationship, Joe? Taking up my time? I haven't any right to take up your time when I can't get a job. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You might ask my opinion about that, Joe. What are your plans? Do you want to go out of town? I'll go with you. That's not such a terrible thing to ask me. Oh, Mary. If you want me with you, I'd like to go. I'd like to marry you, even the way things are. I'm not afraid. How long do you think you'd be in love with me living off your salary? That's nothing to be ashamed of, Joe, if you can't help it. Not to you, but it is to me. You gave me a $5 wallet for my birthday and left the sales slip in so I could exchange it for the money. The next step will be giving me the money a quarter at a time. I can't be in love under those conditions. Then you're nothing but a coward, Joe, for all your bravery in police stations. You can't even face life. Afraid to get married because you might not be able to get a job? It's not me I'm worried about. I'm not going to be locked in a hall bedroom watching you iron my shirts, and nobody's going to make me. Nobody's going to make you do anything except go home. Go on, unless you're afraid of the dark. Hello? Mary? Yes? Where can I find Joe O'Brien? Oh, he's right here. Just a second. It's for you, Joe. Hello? This is Sam Johnson, Joe. Joe, we're in real trouble. What do you mean? Who's in what trouble? All of us. Thomas Higgins isn't what we think he is. He's a detective working for J.P. Merrick. What? How do you know? Well, I was going through the personnel files tonight, and I saw the notation on his card. He's been to the meetings. He'll have us all fired. Well, he has to have some proof. He can't just accuse... Oh, my gosh. What's wrong, Joe? I just remembered. This afternoon, I dropped a list of names of everyone connected with our organization. And Thomas Higgins picked it up. What are we going to do? You sit tight. I'll come down to the store tomorrow and get that list away from Higgins if I have to knock him over the head. But you can't even get in the store, Joe. Every doorman there has orders to throw you out. Don't worry about me. I'll get in there if I have to disguise myself as Santa Claus and climb down the chimney. Good morning, Miss Jones. Good morning, Mr. Higgins. That was quite an outing we had yesterday, wasn't it? I'm glad you liked it. I learned a lot of things about your Joe O'Brien that I had never suspected. Joe learned a lot of things about Thomas Higgins that none of us suspected. Huh? What do you mean? I'll let Joe tell you. Are you Thomas Higgins? Um, yes. Uh, You're wanted in general office. 
Uh, you too, Miss Jones. Now, what does the general manager want to see me about? To fire you. Fire me for what? Then reporter that you're a friend of Joe O'Brien's and Miss Jones. And he's going to fire me for that? Oh, you have nothing to worry about, Mr. Higgins. You can always save your own skin by turning in that list of names Joe dropped. What? You heard me, you... You Benedict Arnold in sheep's clothing? Oh, is that so? I'll show you who's a Benedict Arnold in sheep's clothing. I'll show that general manager something, too. So you were going to show me something, were you? You rambunctious old billy goat. Why, I'll have you blacklisted and starved to death. Are you the general manager of this store? I am. Well, I don't know how you ever got the job. It happened that I was the cream of department store managers. Well, don't forget, yesterday's cream is tomorrow's cheese. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, you will, you sour puss. Sour puss. I've seen happier faces on iodine bottles. <laughs> and why take out your ingrown disposition on these employees? Can't you understand that dealing with them the way you have has brought on this civil war around here? That's why they're your enemies. Enemies? I haven't an enemy in the store. Then all your friends hate you. <laughs> I've worked with these people. They've got rights. And just what would you suggest? Well, I suggest that you get a different job if you can't get the confidence of your employees, you bumble-witted idiot. <laughs> Say, Pop, you're all right. Don't worry about anything, Joe. I can handle this nincompoop. Boy, I'd like nothing better than to get the confidence of my employees. That goes right in one nostril and out the other. <laughs> well, who can I talk to? Who represents enough of these people to mean anything? Would you consider 400 employees enough, Mr. Allison? Why, yes, I would. Well, there's our representative, Joe O'Brien. Oh, but how do I know he represents 400 employees? Where are the 400 names? There's the catch, Mary. He wants the list of names. Without the names, I can do nothing. This isn't a trick, is it? Don't be foolish, Mary. Don't trust them. If there's a right way, Joe, this is it. We're not being fair and asking for trust on only one side. I'm against giving him the names. He works for J.P. Merrick. That doesn't prove anything, Joe. Yes, it does, Pop. He has to be crooked or he wouldn't be working for that crook. Just a minute, young man. Who said J.P. Merrick was a crook? Who didn't? Will you keep quiet? I can't hear myself think. Well, you aren't missing a single thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Higgins, have you the list you picked up when Joe dropped it last night? Yes, I have. Give it to Mr. Allison, please. All right. Allison, it's going to be terrible if you fool these two young people. Give it to him, Tom. Very well. It's yours, Mr. Allison. Thanks. Now, you superannuated old jerk. How dare you come into my office and talk to me like you did? I can outwit morons like you every day in the week and twice on Sundays. That's why I'm sitting behind this desk and you're standing in front of it. I'm going to see that every name on this list is... Hey, Miss Jones, give me back Tom, that list. Tom, Ms. take off his list and he... Chew it up, chew it up. What? Just because he called me a billy goat doesn't mean that... Don't I... argue. Hurry and eat your half before he gets some of his store detectives in here and takes it away from us. Hurry. Chambers, Allen. Uh, yes, Mr. Allen. Come in here, quick. Now get that paper away from these two. And too late, I swallowed it. Now, you simpleton, I'll show you who, who can outwit who. Who are you going to fire now? Boy. Why, you, you tell me the name of everyone on that list, or I'll fire the whole fifth floor for a starter. Well, that's not fair. Many people on the fifth floor have nothing to do with this. Tell me every name, or out they all go. Every one of them. Chambers, discharge slips for everyone on the fifth floor. You can't do that to us. Oh, can't I? Just wait until you get your slip and see. All right, you do, and we'll take our case to J.P. Merrick himself. <laughs> you will, will you? 
Why, you old idiot. J.P. Merrick would have you thrown out of his house before you could open your mouth. I don't think so. Well, I'm telling you. Just how well do you know Mr. Merrick? He's a very close friend of mine. Hmm. That's very interesting. What did you say your name was? Allison? I'll make a point of asking Mr. Merrick just how well he knows you. I wouldn't do anything rash if I were you, Higgins. I don't intend to. You ought to drop your idea of seeing Mr. Merrick. Oh, it wasn't my idea. Joe Bryan and Miss Jones had the idea long ago, but they didn't follow through. Mm, that was very fortunate. Yes, very fortunate for you and the rest of the petty dictators around here. This time, they're going to see J.P. And just what will that accomplish? Well, of course, I'm not positive, but if I were you, I'd start reading the help wanted. Mail. <laughs> Then am I to understand, Mr. Merrick, that Miss Jones and Mr. O'Brien still think you are Thomas Higgins? <laughs> That's right, George. When I left them in the hallway, I told them I was going to find Mr. Merrick and see if he would talk with them. Uh, yes, sir. Well, open the door and tell him he'll talk. Uh, very well, sir. Uh, Mr. Merrick will see you now. Thanks. Gosh, Tom, you must know Merrick pretty well to bust right in like this. I probably know him better than anyone else in the world. Has he talked with the general manager yet? Yes. Oh, well, I don't suppose he'll pay any attention to what we have to say, then. Well, that's not very fair, Mary. If he'll take the time to see us, he'll at least listen to what we have to say. Well, he's probably seeing us just because he's a friend of Mr. Higgins. As a matter of fact, he's very fond of both of you. Huh? Well, what does he know about us? Well, as a private detective, I've learned a great deal about you both. And as a private detective, I recommended that Joe be made head of employee relations for all Merrick Enterprises. What? Yes. And as J.P. Merrick, I am ready to accept my recommendation. As who? J.P. Merrick. J.P. Merrick? You? J.P. Merrick? The devil himself. What do you say, Joe? Will you take the job? He certainly <laughs> will, Mr. Merrick. Now he has no excuse for not marrying me. Well, Joe? What can I do? I'm between the devil and Miss Jones. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Van Johnson, Guy Kibbe, and Donna Reed for a delightful half hour. It's been lots of fun, Mr. Bradley. And our appearance here with the Lady Esther Screen Guild players is always doubly pleasurable because we all know the wonderful work being done by the Motion Picture Relief Fund and its country house, a work which derives its support largely from these radio programs. And now, before we tell you about next week's show, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss Reed. Ladies, if you were to ask a leading skin specialist, is rubbing good or bad for the skin of my face? What do you think he'd tell you? Perhaps you haven't time to do that, but I did. Not one, but many of the country's outstanding skin specialists. They tell me, and I agree with them, rubbing can make the skin of your face look older instead of younger. And this is why, because the skin of your face is the finest, most delicate skin of your body. Rubbing can stretch it, make it loose and slack, can start the wrinkles that make you look older. Is your own skin as young-looking as you'd like? Try a cream that needs no help from your fingers. Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream is so soft, it dissolves as it touches your skin. It needs no rubbing. Also, it contains one of the most beautifying ingredients known to modern science, 
This helps keep your skin soft, helps prevent tiny lines and wrinkles. Simply smooth on Lady Esther face cream, then wipe it off. You'll be astonished to see and feel the difference in your own skin. After even one application of Lady Esther four-purpose face cream, the cream that asks no help from any other cream. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Hired Wife. It will star Lucille Ball and Brian Ahern. The Devil and Miss Jones was produced and directed by Bill Lawrence and was presented through the courtesy of RKO Radio Pictures, producers of Alfred Hitchcock's Notorious, starring Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman. Van Johnson will soon be seen in the Metro-Golden-Mayer musical No Leave, No Love. Donna Reed appears through the courtesy of Metro-Golden-Mayer, producers of the color musical Holiday in Mexico. Guy Kibbe will appear in the forthcoming Metro-Golden-Mayer picture, Romance of Rosie Ridge. You save enough on the largest size jar of Lady Esther face cream to buy a box of Lady Esther face powder. So remember, ask for the largest size. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther. Thank you, and good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs>